Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games, the Bedrock blog, and I'm here with Joel and Adam, and we're talking about The People Under the Stairs. The People Under the Stairs is a 1991 American horror film written and directed by Wes Craven. Um, The breakdown, according to IMDb, is two adults in a juvenile break into a house occupied by a brother and sister and their stolen children. There they must fight for their lives. So, number one, I just want to say that breakdown is not at all an indication of what you're about to get in the movie. It's also, and I don't really care about spoilers because this is a film from yeah. but they spoil the movie in the first sentence, which I think is a little bit unfair. Um, yeah. It's not a yeah. huge spoiler, but that was kind of a big reveal, don't you think, in the middle of the movie, the the that they're brother and sister, right? Isn't that something that's not mentioned until like midway through the film? That's almost and like if they're third, not their kids. And yeah, that, it's uh, like the beginning of the third act. <laughs> it's I, way deep in the film. Yeah, that, that is yeah. the most, spo- like, I don't think people should be shielded from spoilers. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you know, you, you have yourself to blame for getting spoiled. By it. <laughs> as well as people show talk about the, a movie yeah. for an hour and expect yeah. no spoilers, yeah. I don't know what you're expecting. But. but to put it in the description that would be on the back of the box, that's the uh-huh. part that I, that seems like just a bad way to do it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so again, this is like a, a, a I, I would say a, an often forgotten or overlo- overlooked uh, Wes Craven movie. Um, and that's not my language, really. That's language that I've seen people use elsewhere in talking about this film. But it definitely matches my um, my experience of it. It's a uh, uh, it's a movie I saw once. I remember being really impressed by it when it came. Like, I remember watching it and being like, wow, that was way better than I thought it was going to be. Because I saw the ads. And I don't know. I just thought, like, the people under the stairs, like, that seems kind of like... Like, how are you going to extend that concept through a whole movie? That seemed like it would be kind of a difficult task. And I don't know. It, it had a really interesting tone. It got into a lot of interesting social commentary. Uh, but really, more importantly, it was like a genuinely scary movie, I think. Um, even though it does have comedic beats to it. It's, you know, it's not... The tone is not... It's It's got this weird 80s thing, even though it's 1991 or whatever when it came out, where mm-hmm. the actor, like, I know it's not him, but it looks like uh, it looks like David Byrne. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's got that, like, um, uh, did I say yeah, a, like, yeah like reanimator and that kind of stuff. It's no, got the same. talking heads guy. What's his name? The guy from the talking. Yeah, David guy. Byrne. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. He looks like David Byrne in a horror movie. Right. Like, he just got like a really weird, like, expression the whole time. His acting is like it's it's way over the top but it works right and the, the yeah, you know i, I was interesting about the performances in this movie like the the two main villains get to be over the top in a way the rest of the characters kind of don't like the rest are pretty grounded uh, I think but those two yeah it, it does it works really well there were some scenes towards the end where they were absolutely devouring the scenery and it's just like i was still totally invested i was like no that actually scans for these characters I think it's like, I mean, I would probably say it's kind of a horror comedy. Let me, I think that's how they usually probably classify it. But it's, it's yeah. all the way to comedy for me. I, I get yeah. why you'd say that, but I, I don't even think it goes all the way to comedy. I think it's just so wacky in some ways that like no one knows exactly how to label it. Yeah, it makes it more disturbing, in my opinion. The, the, the fact that it's that, that level of, I don't know what you would call it, but just the over the top sort of wackiness of some of the acting. Makes well, it, what they're doing you know, even more disturbing to me. Um, that and the kind of. 
my my odd observation i've never seen this movie before i i never i really didn't even know about this i was like 91 when this came out i was in college i wasn't really okay. watching tv i I've not seen a single frame of this movie before, even in an ad. But uh, it, to me, this this oddly felt like just with the heightened performance. I feel like it wasn't just them. I feel like the kid was very much a kid performance, not a naturalistic mm. performance and so on. And it, okay. it felt to me weirdly like a you know, like scary kids show, but R rated. Yeah. Like it had that okay. vibe, like something like something like, you know. That, that same energy that, like, you know, no, you, are you afraid of the dark it, episode? Yeah, yeah, goosebumps, no, that kind of stuff. This yeah, is not that, that. isn't an insult, but I, it just, just stylistically, it felt like that. It's like, this is a kid's movie you could not show to kids unless they're, you know, Joel. I, but, uh, don't, you, it, it, don't you judge me. It's like a very dark version of The Goonies. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. like it's, it, it, I mean, obviously, it doesn't. There's no pirates in it, but there's like treasure in the house. There's the whole threat of them, you know, losing their home at the beginning. It, yep. it, it, you know, it's it's just a little bit more Wes Craven like. It's like if Wes Craven did the Goonies, you could imagine him doing it more like this movie, right? This is, um, yeah. and, it's, and it's more urban. Right. That's what it is. Uh, on a, this is a fairy tale. There's yeah. a castle. There's an ogre yep. in it. Like that, that wears like evil armor, you know. There's a witch. There's a witch. There's an right? underworld. Yeah. There's a witch. There's a princess. There's yeah. there's literal actual gold. Like there's a fortune teller. This is a fairy tale. And there's yep. a sage too, right? There's a sage yep. in it. Yeah. 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 Good point. There's, yeah, there's even it, a mentor who is unfortunately vanquished very early in the movie. <laughs> yeah. That. Well, I, we had a lot to talk about, but you you had mentioned you wanted to talk about the Ving Rhames. Uh, character and he does serve an interesting function in the movie. Um, so I don't know if you, if you want to get it. His character's name was Leroy, and he's kind of like the boy's father figure in an odd way. But he's well, he's, he's, he's a mentor, right? Like he, he's, he's even he yeah, even goes on and says like mentor fits. Yeah, yeah. He teaches. He's, he even says out loud, "I you should be glad I'm teaching you a trade." When he's like breaking into this house with a crowbar, I would like to point out that when the kid uh, who's nicknamed Fool, by the way, his actual name is Poindexter, um, which just which, goes to your fairy tale and myth thing too. Yep. You know, yeah. This, there's a contrast between those two extremes. Poindexter is a very studious, nerdy person, and a fool is the opposite of that. Uh, all these wonderful little things make this movie so much fun to watch. But, like, mm -hmm. all right, so uh, Leroy uses a crowbar and very specific strategies and tactics when he goes in this house. Uh, it unfortunately gets the better of him because the situation escalates beyond all reason very, very rapidly. Um, yeah. But when uh, when Fool goes back to rescue his his lady friend, the uh, what, what is her name? Is like Nina or something? Alice. Uh, Alice. Alice. Oh, of course they called her Alice. <laughs> 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 of course. Uh, but yeah, when he goes back, he's got that same crowbar. He he yeah. brings the tool for the job. Um, yep. So so yeah, like uh, I really like the character. I kind of wanted more of him. He's a really good actor, first of <laughs> all. And this is this is a role where. It would be real easy to hate this guy, right? He, yeah. He starts off because he's leading the kid down a life of crime. You know, like he's he's okay with intimidating kids and 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 women with his physical presence. We saw see that really early in him. He's clearly a person who has trust issues. His partner goes in first, and he's like, I don't trust him. He's going to take the gold for himself. We got to get in there. So like, there's a lot of flaw to the character, but there are noble aspects to him. Like in his last mm -hmm. moments, he tells his young protege to run doesn't save himself he he dies doing that with that warning shot 
No, Le- Leroy is like the key to why this movie works. Like he's not the central character. He's not he's not like you could have the movie without Leroy, but he's evidence of how the characters are made in this film that mm-hmm. it's not like like that's normally a role that would have been played by a very bad actor and would have been written very yeah. terribly, right? Like that would have been the worst yeah. written character in the movie because his only purpose is to get the kid in there and die. And instead, he's a well-rounded character who cares for cares for the fool for fool. And he, what was, um, what was it? We'll call him Fool. That's yeah. that's his war name. Yeah, yeah. He, he cares for fool, and uh, he. Um, but he also has all these flaws where like, you know, like when the when the guy's coming at them with the gun and he hides in the closet, there's not enough space for both of them. So he shoves fool out and is like, get your own space. You know, on the one hand, he's he's selfish in that moment. On the other hand, that's kind of also how he's been instructing fool the whole time. Like the world is yeah. harsh and cruel and I'm going to sort of shove you out into, the, you know, the the harsh reality of that with with like a little bit of wisdom and you have to get by. You know, he's. Well, and- He's not lying. There isn't enough room for fool. And if yeah. fool had been in there, he would have died. Yeah, no, you know? that, that's the thing. So, like, yeah, he he's there to teach the very difficult lessons, and he understands that's part of his role because he's a product of a world that was extremely cruel, obviously. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's a complicated character, but he is ultimately trying to do the right things. I, I liked his character a lot. I thought I, I wanted more of him. Uh, and I'm well, sad he died, and I'm further sad that like he gets cut up like a like a like a cow later on. It's really grotesque what they do to the guy's body. Yeah. It, well, the, 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 I guess this movie was inspired by a news story in the 70s where some uh, robbers broke into a house and they actually found kids locked up in cages or something like that. I can't oh, quite Jesus. remember. And so, yeah. but Wes Craven's comment was it was an interesting story to sort of have the bad guys be like, there were even worse bad guys in the house. Was sort of the, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're layer one bad guys. Yeah. You like are like level nine bad guys. So it's like so it kind of takes these robbers who would normally be like bad guys in a movie. And it's like, no, they're not. Re- they're, they're sort of their evil is more a product of their situation and everything else. And the the real evil is in the house that they're breaking into. And so that's um, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the whole movie kind of operates well because of that. Um, and also, I, I think the uh, it's got a almost cliche pre- premise. Your mom's sick. She's dying with cancer that she can't afford to pay because there's an evil landlord that's going to evict you. You know, mm-hmm. and it, that that's like like when you say it out loud, it sounds corny. But I I was I was impressed watching it again. How much that made me want to keep watching it. Like a lot of times when we do these, we have to watch the movie for the podcast. So whether I'm engaged in the first ten minutes or not. <laughs> I sort of like, okay, I'm committed to watching this movie, even though I'm not really feeling it or whatever. And usually you do start to feel it after a while. But this was a movie where the moment the film started, I was just engaged. It was never, it didn't feel like, oh, I have a podcast tomorrow and I have to watch the movie. The, it felt like- The tarot uh, reading at the beginning really kind of got, yeah, got that pulled helps me in. That was, that was a really interesting little sequence, I have to say, that 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 drew me in. And I have to say, the movie is really heavy-handed. I mean, near the end, you have like the whole speech and the whole- Yeah. I mean, it, it works despite that, but it's like part of me was almost like, is this getting too heavy-handed and hitting it? But I don't know. It, like I said, it fits with the fact it is it is like a fairy tale. It's like it, yeah. the message should should clonk you on the head. It, it's obvious. But 
I don't know why. Sometimes I respond very negatively to heavy-handed messages, yeah. and sometimes I don't. And it doesn't even matter what the message is. It's just the heavy-handedness exactly. can be the thing. But in this case, I think the movie is so strange and so... And also, also here's the other thing. I feel like Wes Craven really believes the things that he is trying to talk about. And so yeah. it doesn't come off as like, oh, everybody's talking about this issue now. So let's chase that with a heavy handed message that you don't feel like any of the executives who made the movie actually believe. Do you know what I mean? That's I think that's kind of a, a different situation when in this movie, it's more like Wes Craven is making a low budget horror movie and and this is the kind of film where it's like there are special effects in it. But I mean, what makes the movie work is just the fact that he's like a really skilled director who can who can turn out a decent movie with like five bucks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so oh, yeah. well, it says it says something. This was like based on an article he read in the 70s and it just it was bouncing around in his head till 1991. Yeah. It was like it is something that, that really appealed to him. It's, it's it, well, it came and, from a real place. And also, and, I have and to speak. Oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Joel. Speaking go ahead. of the, because I don't, I don't want to get too far away from your point about this being heavy-handed but working. Here, here's I think why. I think the magic of this movie is that the reason it's heavy-handed, and the reason it works, like when you when you really look at it, the reason that it has the message it has is because it originates from these believable, very human characters. Like their situation is understandable. The the personalities that they inhabit are very real. Uh, just, and even like I think Anna pointed out how the performances a lot of times are a little bit goofy. It almost doesn't matter. It almost feels like a stage play that was written. Up. Yeah, it, it is good. It works because like ultimately, these characters are very real. Even if the the way they come to us is a little bit imperfect. Mm -hmm. I believe the decisions that they made. I, I understand the situation that they're in. It is emotionally true. And because yeah. it responds to us on that emotional level, even if intellectually there's some dissonance, I think that we it just doesn't bother us. I, I wasn't bothered well, even though it does get really hammy and goofy and heavy-handed. No, well, I say too, out of the the actress who plays Alice is like really convinced. That first scene with her, I, I did actually immediately jump to the idea that this was not their daughter i was just like this is some kid that they have kidnapped and they're making her play their daughter i just for whatever reason that immediately popped into my head but yeah her her performance really grounded this by giving this sense of threat and menace to the couple that you wouldn't have had without that character yeah we we feel the movie from the perspective of the kids which really helps sell the ogreish monstrousness of that yeah. couple also the fact yep. they scream at each other that their mommy and daddy and he emerges in the full body leather gimp suit at one point i was like okay something more is going on with these yeah two. i feel like yeah. you know that's the other thing heavy-handedness matches the tone of the movie like when you have yep. a guy dressed like the gimp with a shotgun and he's dressed like a gimp the 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 I, it's really difficult to fully understand why he's dressed that way, but part of the explanation that I was able to glean is that he's afraid of the people under the stairs that they have trapped there, and so I think he's using it as armor, and that's why he dons he that. It like leather armor, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But still, he also has it, so there, you know, it, it suggests there may be other other reasons that it's there too. Do you know what well, I mean? It's not like, but, it's, it's not like tactical armor. That's, that's yeah. full on BDS. <laughs> yeah, so. he's got to protect yeah. his eyes very well. But uh, but, really. <laughs> but it's a very strange visual. The guy running around, and it's the same. It's like the, the exact same outfit from Pulp Fiction. And Vig Rames is in the movie. So he's got. <laughs> I feel true. like 
there's got to be a connection here. Um, it's Big Rain's suit. He just, you know, they're, they're like, hey, can we borrow your suit? It's, uh, he shows up auditions wearing that. And they're like, yeah, that'd be perfect for the movie. You're hired. Bring the suit. <laughs> but, but I'm sure I'm sure that was deliberate. I'm sure that was deliberate. Um, but it, but it's it's just a very weird outfit to wear when you're like roaming around your house, shooting your shotgun indoors and screaming incoherently. Um, you know, it, the, the, that guy's perf- the, the what was his name? The um, uh, Brett McGill. Uh, yeah, the, daddy, the guy who plays daddy, daddy and mommy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just perfect. I don't know. It was, uh like I said, he's like he's like he's like David Byrne in like a horror movie. It just it just really worked for me. He even has that like almost inbred look fate looking face that really adds Jeez. to the. This guy looks like my family. Shut up. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying he's got this like look of. You know what I'm talking about. Say Appalachian syndrome. Yeah, the no, Clark, there's Clark, there's a thing. I mean, come on. Wes Craven made the hills have eyes. There's like a canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But uh, you heard it folks. Brendan is prejudiced against my hideously inbred hillbilly family. Well, <laughs> Continue. I'm, I'm just saying it works. It works. The the look the look of the guy and you know what it is. They're not. They're like almost handsome and almost pretty, but there's something a little bit off about them. Do you know what I mean? That's maybe another way to put it. And yep. And so it, it makes it alerts you to the fact that something beyond the fact that these people are demented, it alerts you to the fact that there's something really off about them. So that when they tell you that they're brother and sister later in the movie, you're like, oh, that that clicks. That makes total sense. I believe yeah, that you receive new knowledge and yet you don't feel that you have gained any new information. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, well, you kind of <laughs> knew the whole time. Do you know what I mean? You kind of knew. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I think that works, but I don't know. It's, it's it, I, I, I think overall, just the, the, the characters in the movie, a lot of horror movies have really cardboard two dimensional characters. A lot of horror movies. I, I don't feel like this suffers from that, even though, like we've been saying, it's very over the top. It's very, the characters are all stark and pronounced, but they, they are. There's a lot of extremes in this movie, but there's nothing cliche about it. Despite the fact it's going to some really ancient fairy tale tropes, I don't feel like there's anything derivative about this. It's it's incredibly no. fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I, definitely an original movie. That's there's no question about. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised you haven't seen it, Adam. Too that that was so. I, I thought you. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard the title over the years, but yeah, I've never seen like an ad for it. I've never seen a clip from it. I just, it just, like I said, it was just a time in my life where I was kind of disconnected from pop culture. But uh, yeah, interesting though, the thing it did that surprised me is that like, you know, it came out in 91, which is also the year Nothing But Trouble came out, which is another (laughs) really, really bizarre funhouse horror adventure yeah. with a strange house full of trap doors and weird contraptions and i it's just it's just funny those you know in a lot of ways they're very similar it, they even had that. similar soundtracks too they both had like hip-hop soundtracks to them and stuff right like yeah i, I can't remember the soundtrack to nothing but trouble but well, I, they had the um the guy who did the humpty dance did a um did a did a song for the movie and there was a music video that was based <laughs> on the film um and i think it was kind of similar to the, how this one was done um yeah but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 uh, yeah, nothing but trouble is an awful, awful, terrible movie. 
There, it's it's no. fascinating, though. I, I, I agree it's a bad movie, but it, there's just the, I watched it once and I'm like, I was glad I watched it just because it is such a bizarre, strange ride. It was like, take it was like, I feel like it's worth yeah, watching. That's what happens whenever you unanchor Dan Aykroyd from anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, exactly, that's exactly what you yeah. get. Um, you I could would not like understand out, Dan Aykroyd without watching that movie. That's that's yes, all I'll say. That peer right into a psyche. I would point out this is the year after Home Alone came out. Yeah, that's so another. That was in the air. But, but nothing. Yeah, but that, that, that's with the kids me thing. It's like kind of a kids show kind of thing. I was thinking it is very. There's a there's it's a it's a horrific Home Alone movie is what it is. <laughs> yeah. The other thing too, I feel like I don't normally like having kids as protagonists in these movies for the kid the Home Alone reason. Like it's just sort of like <laughs> I I don't find that. I don't find following a kid around for a movie all that interesting because they're kids and they're not into things that I'm into. They're, you know, they're weak. You know what I mean? They're just, they're ineffectual. I can beat them up really easily. They're not, I don't know. They just, they, they generally don't make good protagonists, especially in horror movies. But in this one, I thought they did a good job because the kid is just old enough and from just like a rough enough area that he's, capable of doing things that would that normally the kid that's that age wouldn't be capable of do you know what i mean so like he can contend with the dog competently he can contend with the guy with the gun in competent ways and it does you know he does kick the guy in the balls so it does kind of have that home alone aspect to it but i i don't know i just i just felt that it it worked a little bit better here um and also i think it oh go ahead that's gonna, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with kids as protagonists necessarily. The problem is it's just kids are a lot less likely to be good actors yeah. is usually the problem. And I feel like they they got they got good performances out of the out of the two yeah. kids in this movie. So it, it worked. That that is the other issue is the bad acting that comes with hiring a kid. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's um, you know, if a kid if a kid can actually act, you know, like to pull E. T. for example, it's like that's a really good child. All the kids in that movie are fantastic. But the other thing that doesn't work too is the kid the kids are there usually to be cute. So like in Home Alone, yeah. that's what the whole thing is. And in this movie, they don't capitalize on that aspect of it. You're not you're not that you know, there's no there's no like um He's not a precocious sitcom yeah. kid. He's yeah. smart. They make him smart without being Yeah, that's know. it. Usually kids are much less like like when I was like, say, 11 and I would watch a movie where there was an 11 year old. The 11 year old is way stupider than any 11 year old you ever would have known. Do you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I think that's another reason why kids in movies just are just not terribly great characters. But here, if I think they kind of wrote him, you know, more like somebody who would like live the life. So it kind of worked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I like, I, yeah, I, I instantly liked the character from the beginning of the movie, so it did help with that. As, as the player of a lot of low-level thieves who did not escape their first dungeon, I was really rooting for this kid. One d four hit die is really tough to deal with, buddy. I, I also liked how they made the people under the stairs. You almost forget about when you're talking about the movie. Yeah, they made, them, they made them a threat, and then they became not a threat by the end of the movie. I thought that was an interesting way to sort of, mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of know that that's sort of going to happen. But it, it, I don't know. It, I think I think at the time, a lot of horror movies would have really hit the gas on making the people under the stairs complete villains and bad guys, so that you can have something to be afraid of. Um, and you know, I, I think by making them just these prisoners in the house that you know 
they seem scary because they can't like what the guy has his tongue cut out so he can't yeah, really communicate yeah. to you. Uh, I, I thought that worked. Um, but uh, oh yeah, and when, once their Messiah Roach uh, sacrificed himself for their sins, they got redeemed. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> I also like the black metal uh, people under the stairs guy. The guy at the I don't remember what his yeah. name was. Um, I don't even know if he had a name. But the 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 guy who after Roach becomes kind of like the leader of the people under the stairs. He has like long blonde hair and his face looks like the cover of a black metal album. It really does. Yeah. Uh, I liked him too, uh, because at one point, um, when they, they start emerging, uh, or he might have been right before he was emerging, might have been back when they were in the basement. Um, uh, big daddy gets his gun and, and like wrestles it away from, um, from fool. And, uh, there's this like scuffle with all of them and he calls out, he even says his name. He's like fool. And like this clear, genuine concern in his voice uh, because he's kind of become one of them. And I, I thought that was like a cool moment when they kind of go from being this monstrous other to being yeah. like, you know, sympathetic characters. That's a fun yeah. transformation that literally happens below the level yeah. that this film operates on in a really subtle way that I liked. And that's the thing yeah. I remember really liking about the movie, by the way, because when I saw the commercials, my question was like, well, what are the people under the stairs? Like that was, you know, like you see the trailer. And then I don't think I probably saw it until 92 or 93 when I was working at the video store in high school. And so that's I just remember like. watching it out, you know, just take it off the shelf and watching it. And that I remember that aspect of the movie was the thing that I recalled. Adam, were you going to say something? Uh, no, but I will if you want. Oh, no, I, I thought I, I thought you were break in. I was gonna say with the kid, uh, the kid being smart too. I like I like the the things they did, like the way he does the electrocution trick with the dog and stuff. That, that was, was that, there were there were a lot of things they did in this. I, I'm blanking on other things. There were a few moments in this movie where he did things. I was like, oh, that's brick, genuinely a really eyes. clever clever trick. Well, he's, <laughs> he's constantly finding Leroy. clever ways to yeah. Leroy uh, can't even think to use the. Um, the what was it the uh, the crowbar to beat the dog with right like he just yeah he's just like yeah. he's just kind of not you know he's, he's 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 but 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 well they have the uh, poor man on his back feet like as soon as he realizes he's trapped in the house like he starts panicking right yeah yeah the, the job goes sideways and he just he can't he's just not cunning enough like fool is to think of clever ways to use his environment um yeah. but fool's cunning he's he's clever um I, I also wonder yeah. if maybe Leroy isn't like that much of a an aggressive guy like that he seems to be. Do you know what I mean? Like, because he no, doesn't. He's, a, he's ultimately well, a paper tiger, is what yeah. you notice about Leroy. Uh, yeah, and really, it's it's his friend that that dies near the beginning, Spencer. I mean, it seems like he's the the he's the experienced criminal, and, and yeah. you know, he's he's working. You know, Leroy's working with him, but it's that yeah, he's not. He's not the career criminal that uh, that Spencer is. He's yeah, Spe be, uh, Spencer was prepared enough that you get the sense that he's been doing this for a long time because he's got like yeah, he's got the ID card. card. He's got yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got his whole banter worked out for when the you know when when she says there's no gas meter inside the house and all this stuff. Oh, you don't know about it, but it's on the master list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he had yeah. an answer for everything. Didn't help yeah. him, but he did have it. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with. That. Also, I like the, the, the some of the some of the quotes in this movie too, which I probably can't even really repeat. But th there were there were some really funny <laughs> yeah. quotes. The quotes about the president making me the secretary. Uh, you know, like <laughs> that was great. Yeah, the, <laughs> it was just seems so random, like such a random thing to attach well, to a, a okay, department it, it head position. Random, huh? Like 
I don't know, man. On, on another level, that is kind of how people talk. They say weird, unexpected, random stuff like that. It felt yeah. a lot of the dialogue in this movie felt like that, like something people would actually say. And even though a lot of it was kind of functional and a little on the nose, it still kind of felt real. Um, I don't know. This movie has a certain spell it weaves over you. I just noticed that the black metal guy, you want to know what his character's name was? The Stairmaster. Oh, my <laughs> God. So I had fun with that name. <laughs> That's perfect. I, yeah. I, that, that works. I, the, other, the thing about the Stairmaster that I did want to mention before I forget is they tell him, like, okay, you're free. You can go out. You can meet women. And you look at the Stairmaster. Like, there's, like this guy is not going to be able to meet women without terrifying them. Like, I pictured a whole movie unfolding after the Stairmaster gets out, gets free and goes out into the world and then gets, like, rejected by the world. The man formerly <laughs> yeah, under the stairs. You know well, he's going to head a black metal band, though, and he's going to pull tremendous amounts of women. So I, I don't want to hear it, Brendan. You gave him the career moving. path in which he could be successful. That's, in that's yeah, going to be to the Marilyn Manson era at this point. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's actually primed for uh, for that. But yeah, that, I think that's the only career path that's available to this man. <laughs> um, that or Gravedigger, one of the two. It is, it is interesting that you look at what the people on their stairs do. It's like you initially are thinking – well, got an impression of evil because they're eating all these people, but it's like literally they're being fed these corpses and that's, yeah. that's what they're given to eat. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which, if they don't, you don't actually see them doing evil things that I can recall in the movie. It's just no, that's the situation they, they're in. They do such a good job of presenting it so that that's the conclusion that you kind of have to reach. So exactly. By the way, what was he eating at the start of the movie? The ribs that he was eating? Were those human ribs yeah. or were those? Yeah. I was, okay. I, I Almost certainly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's quite a rack of lamb that you have there, sir. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but. Uh... And the way he's feasting on it, it just was like very ghoulish, right? It's it just. It's a very, yeah, very I'm hellish. It's an ogre right. eating someone, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he definitely did have an ogre-like appearance. I think I think you're on the nose with that. I think it's the yeah. eating. You know, you can bring in the Lovecraftian thing of people just turn into ghouls by by eating humans. Mm. You know, I feel like you kind of you can kind of put that on this movie because these people in the basement well, have just become these monstrous figures because they're just given flesh to eat. Well, there so. is also that Lovecraftian thing of these provincial aristocrats who you know, have all the wealth and, you know, Joel, Joel thought I was just talking about people from Appalachia or something, but I, you know, in New England, I'm thinking more like, you know, like inbred aristocrats than, uh-huh. uh, you know, inbred people in the countryside or something. Yeah. I um, think he was an inbred or, or aristocrat, Joel. We're not insulting you. <laughs> I could be an inbred got, aristocrat even. Event. I love that. <laughs> well, like, like when you read Lovecraft, you. you notice that like, like you go, he'll go to these towns where it's like they're very insular and they have like, you know, this like family that's been living there for generations and generations and something very off about them. And it seems like there is kind of like an inbred quality to them. Um, you know, uh, it's also is something that you see in New England. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, um, but uh, hey, we're all horrifically inbred. Wonderful. <laughs> but I don't know. But I, I yeah, I, I, I think this is a. I don't know it's it, it, it's it's just one of these like uh, we we did uh, the Prince of Darkness before. I think this is a good movie to follow up with because they're similar. Where they're both really good directors who have had bigger careers in Hollywood that are doing sort of back to basics films that are in sort of the the you know 
this isn't trying to be like Silence of the Lambs. You know what I mean? This is being like a this is like B horror movie territory, but it's like he's doing it really, really well. Um, well, th- this is like almost a precursor to the elevated horror. It's because it's it's beyond B a little bit. It's like if you made the perfect B movie, it would be something like People Under the Stairs, right? Good production value, uh, really really strong and charismatic performances from everybody. Iconic, unique idea, well executed. You know, this movie is a well oiled machine. It does exactly what it needs to do in every scene. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. incredibly rich. You know, this is if this is a B movie, this is like the this is a B plus movie. You yeah. know, this is an elevated yeah. B plus, this is an elevated B movie. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good director making making a making a horror movie on a budget. You know, so mm-hmm. it's, I think, which I think that's what makes it work. I think that's why the Prince of Darkness works. I don't know what the budget was on Prince of Darkness, but I feel like it wasn't comparable to the thing. Do you know what I mean? Or oh yeah, a, um, Big yeah. Trouble Little China or something. Um, but I, I think that that's I think that to me, that's like a, when they do that, it feels like a horror director backed into a corner where all they can rely on is their their skills at like the craft of directing a movie. You know? mm-hmm. And so they don't they can't they can't like, you know, rely on the soundtrack. They can't rely on, you know, and then the music was fine. And, you know, and obviously Prince of Darkness, the music was very effective because he's doing it. But what I mean is all they really have is their own talents rather than well i say the sets okay. in this are great i really that that house i mean that house just is a character i i yeah i really love the house yeah. in this movie that is i don't know you know what was involved in putting it together but it that the just the setting is so good it's a good it's setting a gorgeous, but yeah but it doesn't look particularly expensive to me is the thing it looks no, like it looks it's, like they they well put together though yeah no i agree and i think i think that's what i'm talking about is like the you know you 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 take something like because I remember the house being very different. I remembered it being like a single house on top of a hill and being like, I don't know, just more more mansiony inside, like more like a traditional mansion inside than it than it looked. And this is more like it's on a street where there's other houses and mm-hmm. it's not a particular like the outside isn't actually all that impressive really. It kind of you might it's not memorable. I'll put it that way. But once you get inside, it has this, like you're saying, it has this character to it. And yeah. but I, but I feel like it has a character the same way that the cabin in Evil Dead Two has character. Do you know yeah, what I mean? it's that's like a good a, comparison. Actually, yeah. it's uh, it doesn't seem like it required a lot of money to give it the character. It just seemed like it required knowing how to make a, a movie well. And you know. Uh, and I, and I don't know, like, what were some of the special effects that were in this that, like, we could... Well, a lot of them were, were, like, actual, like, they did what they did in the movie. Like, the stairs that slapped down, you could slide down them. They literally were that in and out of the movie. It wasn't just, like, a trick. Like, that was actually a prop that did that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, as far as, like, special effects, I, there's just not that many. A lot of these things are really simple. Windows that won't break. Locks in <coughs> inconvenient places. The inside of a chimney flue, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the little kind of underworld behind the walls where you can see all the all the boards and all the, the wires and everything. I mean, like, I couldn't even point to one thing and be like, oh, this is a special effect. Was there one? I mean, this is just a set with props. Yeah, I, I mean, I can remember some makeup, like, you know, some of like the, the, the Stairmaster guy had some makeup, obviously. Yeah, he, some he of the people, smart. the mutilations. Um I'm sure the explosion, I guess the explosion is technically a special effect, right? That obviously yeah. required I'll give you that one. preparation. But I, I like that everything felt, it's sort of like the, what do they say? Like the, um, uh, 
Hitchcock with the chocolate syrup. Like, you know, just like, just like in the, in the, in the right hands, you could make like a set of stairs scary is I guess what it, you know, it sort of boils down to. Oh, well, and, and I guess whenever they're breaking through the stairs and the ground and the cabinets later on, when they're all, all the people under steroids are emerging into the house proper, that's a special effect. They're tearing through wooden sets and things mm. like that. So, okay, yeah, I'll give you that one too. But yeah, for the most part, this is just really intelligent set design, you know, writing and designing your movie so that it, it makes really good use of the space you've made. And man, I, I have a soft spot for movies with a well-made dungeon. This one is on the list now with Cube, which is my previous favorite Mega Dungeon movie. Um, it's kind of the same. It's the same area where, like, I just love being in an enclosed space that hates me and wants me to die. <laughs> Something just so wonderful about that. Yeah, it, it definitely has a dungeon-like quality. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any, anything else we want to get into on this one? Oh man, I, there's a lot to love about this movie. I honestly, this is kind of a movie you got to see. I, I don't know that talking about it does it justice. Like, there's no. only so much you can see Ed from Twin Peaks in a gimp suit. Like, I, I can hear about that, but you need to see it. I can't <laughs> emphasize this enough because he sells it right. Not any actor could go in a gimp suit with like the combat shotgun that guy has and actually be intimidating. And yet. They managed to make him like a real scary villain to the whole thing, all the whole piece. Despite the fact he is constantly bawling and calling for his mommy, um, I, there's just so much. There's something psychologically wrong about our villains. That's really there's a lot of territory to explore there. Yeah, but yeah. You just kind of yeah. have to. You have to see the performance. It's so beautiful. Yeah. They're off in a way that is. And I love the way they're off, too, because they keep having, like, cops and things like that come over, and they charm the pants off them, and they're able yeah. to, like, lock everything away and make it clean so that it's not obvious that this house filled with and screaming people in the walls is actually that. And literally all the cops had to do was search a single door or a single room, and they would have found something, but they just didn't bother to look any further beyond the surface. So mm -hmm. it's, it's so it's infuriating, but it also kind of works for what the movie's trying. You know, the, the I think that's the other reason why the commentary works, Adam, is because it's woven throughout the film in a way where it actually, I don't know, just all threads together, even though it's very loud in the way it's presented. Um, like I think, like the people under the stairs is a commentary on incarceration in the U.S. And so, you know, having the cops come to the crime scene and not see the crime. Because of the, you know what I mean? It just sort of. I'll give the I'll give the cops a little bit of credit here because I mean they do have the cop who finds the girl's bedroom and it's like, mm. hey, you got to go see. It's not True. like they just came in and we're like, oh, oh, sorry, sir, we'll yeah. we'll be on our way. They did actually they didn't they didn't dig around enough. You, yeah. You're right about yeah. that, but the cops did did poke their nose around a bit and ask questions. So. Yeah, because I guess all they would have had to have done was check to confirm if their daughter had died, right? Because that was her... Unless they did really have they, a daughter. That, well, they didn't have a daughter. I mean, that's, that's what we find out. That wasn't yeah. even their daughter. So, yeah. That no, but if they... Mean, I guess it's possible they could have had another one, right? That we might not... That might have died. That could have yeah. been the catalyst for all this. But they don't say that, so to, I don't think well, we should assume it. Yeah, of course we're in the we're in the pre everything being on computers age too. So actually <laughs> digging into that would actually require a little bit of you know going to a physical call file. And, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, it would have yeah. been a lot more difficult to cut through the bureaucracy there. And especially yeah. if it just seemed like someone doing a crank call to the cops and they went in there and everything's perfectly in order and they're getting tea and cookies and like, oh, okay, I went into this this little kid's room and they have this sob story about them being dead and it's clearly an emotional point for them. It's like, okay, look, I've already got a squad of cops here. We haven't found anything. <laughs> we would have found something, right? Well, but I bet I, 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 I'd almost bet you the cops in that story once they left the house been like, wow, those people were weird. <laughs> I can yeah, just... <laughs> no, because they give off a weird vibe, but weird and something worth the taxpayers' money to exactly. investigate are two totally different categories. So now I, I'm a little yeah. sympathetic to the cops, but again, this movie. It, oh, are they? I, what were I, they there for again? Too, I forgot what prompt. Oh, he called it. He 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 reported that there was child abuse going on in the um. Oh uh, yeah, they got a rant. It's got an anonymous. Uh, That's why there was also like two social workers there, I think, because there was a guy in a suit and a yeah. woman with him. Yeah. Um, you know, I I feel like if it were real life, they probably would have checked the panels. Like it probably would have been, but you know, it's commentary, so I can you know. Um, I guess too. I mean, when you've got two people that have no children, and there's a call that they're abusing their children, it I don't know. It's it's uh, it's hard to say, but. Uh, mm. And also, they—I mean—they—they—they they, they cleaned that place miraculously well too. So there was, also, <laughs> yeah. you know, they have like an hour to get rid of all. Well, Alice, the, Alice is really good at cleaning up yeah, blood. Clearly, uh, you got to give. Her I, I mean, like if you, if your threat for not cleaning well is being pushed into scalding hot water, which, by the way, Jesus, that scene. Yeah, <laughs> that was I mean, brutal. God, that was brutal. Yeah. That was hard to watch. I had, like I had, all the horrible stuff that happens. That one, I was I, like, ooh. Oh, I had no. scalding hot um, ramen soup poured on my ankle. I did it. It wasn't like somebody put it there, but I dropped it onto my ankle, and the hot water and the noodles all, you know, uh, engulfed my ankle. And it's it's just an excru. I can't imagine how painful that that bath would have been. Um, yeah, I just, well, just seeing the steaming hot water coming out of the faucet, like as hot as it can get, I was just like, oh god, I think I remember this scene. Well, and, and this, I did. This is back when, like now tubs can't do that they have like a mechanism that prevents it from being that hot but back but this is back when those things could actually like give you third degree burns if you just put the hot water on yep. uh. so i don't i don't know i i also wondered that like how hot was that water supposed to be because she didn't have her flesh didn't boil off right so it was it was just at the point of being it's painful going. i'm assuming yeah yeah like right below first degree burns which is still mm. agony like yeah. and, and that's the thing like even if something doesn't like cause physical blisters it can still hurt a whole lot mm. when it comes to heat like we're really sensitive to that for good reason as as you can kill are, the nerves so. i'm sure right yeah i kill the nerves oh god to be fair she was up and about a lot after that movie and her skin wasn't all red and puffy so i imagine that it was maybe not as hot as you'd think but still yeah. um yeah, also, unless man, that was just hand waving. I guess it's possible I, that was hand waving. Hand waving. Yeah. Um, because, like, yeah, uh, Big Ed got his head clonked in real early in it uh, <laughs> by a, a pretty impressive tile that shattered on impact to the point where it drew blood. And yeah. although he was crazy through the rest of the movie, he was still lucid. And honestly, he probably would have had a concussion realistically. So. Or brain bleed or something like yeah, yeah. like the guy took an he got hit in the head with bricks multiple times didn't he he got hit oh, in yeah. the head with a tile and then a brick that from the chimney um, yeah he he gets the full home alone treatment like things he just takes this inhuman amount of punishment and just keeps on being a legitimate threat so really uh, both of them do 
God, this. I I feel like I, I don't want to like pick this movie's corpse too much, but I do want to recommend it. Uh, if we're towards the end of the podcast, I really do, do want to give this movie a recommend. Yeah. I saw it way too young. I was like seven when I saw this movie. <laughs> don't show it to seven-year-olds. They will get some very... They'll have a lot of awkward questions to ask afterwards, which, I mean, I certainly did. Um, but yeah, as, as a fully grown functional adult, go watch People Under the Stairs. Uh, it, it's, it's an overlooked horror classic, uh, and it really deserves more attention than it ever got. Yeah, I, I I recommend watching it. I think I think it's I think what it is too is it's like a, um it's 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 something that people might not realize that it's a um that it's this this movie that that you know is is a high quality '90s horror film that's kind of more I feel like it's a little bit more in the style of some of the '80s stuff, yeah, which is something that I kind of like about it. Um, and it's you know it's a solid low budget Wes Craven movie. That's sort of would be my pitch for it. Um, I would probably say go watch Serpent in the Rainbow first. Um, I think that's a, you know, to me, that's a better Serpent view. The Rainbow's an amazing movie yeah. from what I remember. I haven't seen that in forever, I, so I'm I, going from distant memories. But I remember that being amazing. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, too. But I remember when I first saw that just being, like, so engrossed. And so yeah. there was, like, some movies you watch and there's an afterglow after you see them. <laughs> that was, that, the Serpent of the Rainbow had an afterglow is how I remember it. Um, yeah. I love that. But my, my big worry when I go back to watch these older movies is it's sometimes hard now on streaming services to get good transfers of it. Like you'll often get these like faded, like crappy versions of the movie, it, depending on which channel you're on and all that. Mm-hmm. So with with the film like Serpent in the Rainbow, I really am hoping that I can find at least a decent quality version. Um, but yeah, so uh, I don't know, Adam, any additional thoughts or are you... I'm good. I believe I've said all I have to say. <laughs> all right. So we'll end it there. And I don't know what we're going to do when we come back, but we'll uh, we'll have another movie for you guys. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure we'll have another episode by Halloween. But if we don't, you know, happy Halloween, everybody. And, you know, make sure you watch plenty of horror movies this season. <laughs>